Today's message has been brought to you by Faith Family Church in Billings, Montana. For more information, visit faithfamilybillings.com. James chapter 3. We're continuing in our series this morning concerning the, our faith. The scripture tells us that we are to walk by faith and not by, by sight. That we are saved by grace through faith. Faith is something very important in our day-to-day Christian lives. In this series, we are, going to, we are looking at what faith is and specifically what the language of faith is from the scriptures. We have p- the power of life and death in our tongues, and we must learn to use that power as the Lord desires, pleasing him with our faith. Our golden text for this passage or for this series has been Proverbs 18.21. You can stay where you're at in James 3, but it says, Death and life are in the power of the tongue, and those who love it will eat its fruit. That word power simply means strength or rule. And then, of course, your tongue is the instrument of speech. If we believe this verse, the next question then becomes, how will this change our speech? We need to have an awareness of how our words are affecting our own life and those around us. You know what I've found through the years is that a lot of ministers and ministries are very good at talking about the importance of what you say to others, but I'm going to add to that it's just as important, if not more, what you say to yourself and about yourself. So this, and the reason why I say that is simply this, and I want you to think about this. You actually love your neighbor as you love your... So if you hate you, your neighbor's in trouble. <laughs> Does that make sense? You know, people say, well, I'll pray for the healing of my neighbor or for the blessing of my neighbor or for the peace of my neighbor. But, you know, I've done all these things wrong and I don't really deserve any of this. You didn't deserve anything from the beginning. It's by grace through faith. You're not earning your salvation. I said, you are not earning your salvation. It has been done earned. You're putting your faith in what God has done by grace. Anything that you add of works to your salvation, thinking that you, it's helping you get into heaven, the scripture says is as filthy rags. You can't add anything to it. How many, how many fight with this? I do. I fight with this. Because you're like, well, I know what I did wrong. And that's where you have to go back to, no, I've got to focus on what Jesus did right. You know, you can't get into condemnation. Now, by no means am I telling you that you should see how much sin you could commit after and live in the flesh after you've been born again. That's just plain stupid. Or as Andrew Womack says, how dumb can you get and still breathe? (laughs) Or as Brother Hagin used to say to us, that's capital D, capital U, capital M, capital B, dumb, dumb. It's just a bad idea. We're not calling you dumb. We're just saying, stop that. How many ever, how many remember Bob Newhart? Yeah. Do you ever see that skit? I think it wasn't Saturday Night Live. It was the other one. What was the other one? Mad TV? Is Mad TV a thing anymore? Anyway, he was a counselor in his, the new Bob Newhart show. He was a counselor. Well, he did a, a spoof thing. You can look it up on YouTube later. Not now. All right, but so anyway, <laughs> you can wait. Put it in your notes. But Bob put in Bob Newhart, stop it. And this lady comes in for counseling and she has these problems. And the problem is she has a fear that she's going to be buried alive. And, and he asks her, he says, well, has this ever happened before? And she says, no. 
And he said, well, do you, is there somebody threatening you? No, no. You know, he's going through all these things, questioning her. And uh, uh, he, he, says, uh, he says, well, I'll, I'll give you some counseling, and our counseling lasts less than five minutes. And it costs $5. And she said, it only takes five minutes. And he said, yeah, five minutes. And she said, okay. And, and, you're, and he said, I'm going to give you a phrase. And you just need to apply this phrase, and then it will take care of it. She said, well, do I pay you now or later? And he said, now's fine. So she pays him. And she said, well, should I write it down? He said, we find most people can remember it. But if you want to write it down, you can. She says, she shares with him, you know, I have this fear of being buried alive. He said, okay. He said, I have the solution. And he said, and she goes, okay, I'm ready. And she kind of has her notebook there, and she's, you know, getting ready to write it down. And he said, it's just two words. And she said, okay, what, what are they? He said, stop it. And she goes, what? What? Stop it. Stop it. And he just keeps doing this over and over. And then she brings up another problem that she's been having. And he goes, well, we have an answer for that. She goes, okay. He said, stop it. People say, well, I can't stop it. No, you can by the grace of God. Now, it might take you a little time to get out of what you're in, and I understand that, you know, when you're first born again, and sometimes even after, for a few years, there are areas of our lives where it takes more work, but if you fellowship with the Lord, you will get out of it. There is no situation that grace cannot redeem you from. Uh, God didn't give us a, sh- uh, 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 a uh, lesser version of his redemption You know, better to some, less than others. So don't let that thought sit in your mind. So you need to love yourself. And if you love yourself, you're going to speak what God says over you concerning you. And then you'll love your neighbor better. Because you'll see them the way God sees you. Amen? Amen. The power of speech of all the powers that man possesses, there is is scarcely any more impressive than the power of speech. It is a godlike power. And that's exactly what it is. Human speech is no mere evolution from the cry of the animals. Speech became possible on the earth only when on the earth there appeared one into whom the divine spirit had breathed the breath of life and made him a living soul. It is because the origin of speech is divine that words have such supernatural ability or power. Consider what a word is. From the natural person's point of view, it is but a slight agitation of the particles of air around us. Nothing feebler, nothing more fleeting can be conceived. Yet that word can make or mar a human life. That word can fill a home with gladness or despair. When the tongue is consecrated, when it is guided and controlled by a heart full of the Holy Ghost and the Word of God, it becomes a mighty power to destroy the works of the devil. Amen. So you got to watch what you say. James chapter 3, verse number 1 and 2 says this, My brethren, let not many of you become teachers, knowing that we, shall all re- that we shall receive a stricter judgment. For we all stumble in many things. If anyone does not stumble in word, he is a perfect man. And you don't let that word throw you. It means mature. Able to bridle, and that word means to lead or guide the whole body. So the, uh, uh, the Passion Translation says it this way. 
Um, it says, yet if we're able to bridle the words we say in verse 2, we are powerful enough to control ourselves in every way, and that means our character is mature and fully developed. The mirror says it this way, it is a common habit to descend from a higher place of faith to a lower place of the senses, especially in conversation. However, if you want to be perfect in perfect charge of your whole person, the best place to begin is to take charge of your tongue. I like that translation. I like the way it says it. What we see here is James is addressing ministers, specifically in the first part. But this truth applies to every person with the ability to speak. This truth applies to every person with the ability to speak. Teachers or ministers of the word of God are not exempt from failure and the ability to sin. James includes himself in the group who stumble as all men do. Ministers of the word face greater condemnation than others because their visibility before the world. They are seen in the pulpit advocating the life of righteousness and the world expects them to live it. They all make mistakes from time to time just as do the members of the congregation. The greatest test of self-control for a minister or anyone is the test of the tongue. If a person can control their tongue and not offend with their words, they have arrived at maturity. Attached to our will is our tongue. The true mark of maturity is the ability to handle both our emotions and our words. If a person can bridle the tongue, he can control any area of life. Isn't that interesting? This is the mark of maturity. This is the mark of maturity. Can you watch and control your tongue? A person who does not cause stumbling by wrong use of the tongue is what the scripture says, a perfect man or a mature this does not mean absolute perfection. Rather, it means he is a believer of spiritual and moral maturity. Watch what you say. Amen? Another translation or another uh, thought here is simply this. When our speech is consistently from the resurrection within us, this is the mark of spiritual maturity. We need to do what Paul said on a regular basis. Basis. Examine yourselves to see if you are in the faith. That's found in 2 Corinthians 13, 5. If you say, how would I examine? What are you saying? In your fellowship with the Lord, what is coming out of you? We looked at this uh, prior in previous messages, but we looked at the fact that out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. So whatever I put in me in abundance will come out of me. How many have noticed that? That's why it's, you need to be very careful what comes in. When you're careful what comes in the gate, then what comes out the gate will be more tempered and mature. You can tell a mature person because they won't just flap their jaws all the time about everything. They'll be quick to listen, right? What does James say? Quick to listen. Yeah. 
slow to wrath. You'll find a person that has a lot of wrath talks a lot, usually. There's, there's an internal cycle going on. And we need to understand this because in verse 3, we'll see why. Um, concerning the power of the tongue, because we're going to get into some just some quick illustrations here for the next 10, 15 minutes or so concerning what the tongue is and the example that the Spirit of God gives through James. He relates the tongue in verse 3, and we'll read it, to a bit in a horse's mouth. Indeed, he said, we put bits in horses' mouths that they may obey us, and we turn their what? Whole body. The New Living Translation says we, make, we can make a large horse go wherever we want by means of a small bit in its mouth. The message paraphrase says a bit in the mouth of a horse controls the whole horse. The Passion Translation says horses have bits and bridles in their mouths so that we can control and guide their large body. And the mirror says it this way, this way, with bit and bridle, we are able to direct the strong body of a horse. You see, it's the little bit in the mouth that makes the difference. The little bit in the mouth that makes the difference. The tongue is a small member, but it is actually guiding your whole body and your whole life. We're talking about the power of the tongue. The illustration of the horse is designed to paint a picture in our minds of the power of our tongues concerning ourselves and those around us. This is an amazing fact about horses. They can't do anything without their heads. A horse that is lying down has to throw its head up to get up. How many have seen that before? So you can actually keep a horse on the ground by holding its head down. Also, a horse can't get down on its own without putting its head. Therefore, you can keep a horse from lying down by keeping its head up. A horse won't run one direction with its head in another direction. So if a horse tries to run away with you, turn its head. And it will go in a circle and stop. A horse can't rear up without throwing its head up. That means a tie-down will keep a horse from rearing up on you. So a bridle in a horse's mouth can make it do just about anything. Likewise, to the degree we control the words that come out of our mouths, we can control our bodies. We don't have to deal with a thousand different things to get the proper behavior. Just tackle our mouths and our bodies and actions will follow. Death and life are in the power of our words, the tongue. So people sometimes, and believers are wonderful. They're such honest creatures usually. I mean, there are exceptions. So if they're addicted to something in an area, they'll actually not want to say that I'm free in the name of Jesus for fear of lying. But actually, you're speaking truth. You're just speaking from the resource of the unseen, not from the seen. So let me put it to you like this. Abram changed his name because God changed it to Abraham. 
You realize how foolish that was in the natural? He went from, him and his wife are barren. All his servants know it. And his relatives, they know they're barren. They would have had kids by now if they could have. It's been 25 years or whatever. Close to that. Just barren. And the Lord says, start calling yourself Abraham. And before he was Abram. That means he had all his servants start calling him Abraham. So they may come up to him, you know, when he first put the rule into effect. And they might have come up to him and said, Abram. And he said, no, 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 Abraham. And names, you know, we say names today. We don't always think about identification with the name. But they did in that day much more. So Abraham, they knew, meant father of many nations. He's barren. Is he lying? He's saying what God said. So what's going to happen to you when you start saying what God says about you? How many realize there's another resource in the Spirit that is very vocal in this earth? And it's called the Spirit of Antichrist. And it comes through everything in this life. It comes over the airwaves. It comes through politicians. It comes through talking heads on the media. It comes through music. It comes through... And they don't even know they're doing it, so they don't even bother getting fighting them. And if they do know they do it, they're closer to judgment than they realized or realize. But concerning you and your life and what you're... There's another voice that's going to come to you. When the Lord says to you after you just sinned and did something you weren't supposed to, and he says, you're the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. You get a choice at that moment to step out in faith and declare what God has declared about you or to declare what you just did in action that wasn't right. Your identity can either be from the source of who God is and you can begin to steer your life just like a a bit in the horse's mouth does. Or you can continue to speak as you've always spoken concerning from the natural, which, by the way, is the easier, but it also produces the worst. Or you can speak from what God has said about you and begin to change the direction of your horse, so to speak. The the illustration here is very simple. It's what? It's that your head is leading you through your mouth. So what are you going to say about you? See, it's easy in this environment to go, yeah, I'm going to say what God says. But then now apply it all week. Amen? Apply it when the last five situations you've dealt with doesn't look like it's what you said. Now what are we walking in? Faith, because it certainly ain't by feeling and sight. Do you understand faith there? Do you see that? Now, if I wrote this book, you could argue with me. But I didn't write this book. I just get the blessing of delivering. I did this Wednesday before we left. Don't see me. See him. Who said your tongue is like a bridle in a horse's mouth? 
Let me ask you a question. How many here are saved? You're born again. Did you hear words from this book that led you that way? I wonder if these words work just the same. These are not my words. This is not about personalities. It's not about denominations. This is about a kingdom that you don't see a lot of right now, but you're going to see a whole lot more, and that he and a king that is returning. This is the shortest thing in the natural we're ever going to do is living on this earth. But this, what we're doing here, what we're gathering, the worship, all of this. I heard a minister, a revivalist, I think it was uh, uh, Leonard Ravenhill, I think he said this. He said this, he said, this is just a dressing room for eternity. Everything here is temporary. These words, though heaven and earth will pass away. Which means what? In eternity, I guess, we'll be speaking things. (laughs) That's a thought, isn't it? This can only be done... Talking about bridling your tongue and speaking from your, from your heart and speaking words that lead you in faith. This can only be done with a soul full of the word of God and a tongue under the control of the inner man, your spirit, the true you. This type of life controls the nature of the flesh. Circumstances will obey and give glory to the Lord. The flesh is already set on course toward sin and lust. The world is already set on course toward hell. In either case, we do not have to allow the course set by Satan. We do not have to follow the course set by Satan. But rather, we can change our direction toward God. This is accomplished by the word of God and our tongue. If there is genuine faith in the heart, the accompanying works will be both appropriate speech and conduct. Now, when people think appropriate speech, a lot of times they think, yeah, I'm going I'm to walk in love. I'm going I'm to share the love of God, walk in the fruit of the Spirit, and those are all true, and those are all right. But if appropriate faith and speech is in place, you'll also lay hands on the sick and watch them recover. You won't wait for me to do it because probably I won't come to your neighborhood and do it. Amen? People say, well, that's your job, preacher. That's what we pay you for. First of all, you don't pay me. Secondly... My job is to equip you to do the work of the ministry. If you know Ephesians properly. Now, it's not that I don't do those things. Of course I do. But not for you. Now, it'd be one thing if I was staring at a bunch of babies with a bunch of bottles in their mouths. Spiritually speaking. But I'm not. I'm not. Now, some of you may legitimately not know some of the things that I'm talking about. I get that. But there's a good majority of people in here you know. And who's blessed? The doer of the word is blessed. Not the, well, I came to church for years. I got stacks of notebooks, but none of it ever worked. Well, did you ever work it? Amen you got to work it in the area where it's not working, and then you'll see it work. It's, it's a, an amazing concept, but it's true. You know, I, 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 I've been believing God for an orange, an orange tree to, to, to grow up, but I've never planted an orange seed. 
I've been believing God for apple trees. I have a vision for apple trees all over my yard. I don't know why you'd want that. But anyway, <laughs> I, I got an apple tree. I want an apple tree in, in, in you know, every so many square feet of my yard. Really, how many apple seeds have you planted? Well, none. I'm just believing God. You got to plant it. You got to plant that word. Amen. So lastly, verse 4, look also at ships. Although they are so large and driven by fierce winds, they are turned by a very small what? Rudder. Watch this. Wherever the desires. What is the rudder in this illustration? Who's the pilot? We are. Where's your desire? Steer your ship with your tongue. You see that? How big is the rudder in comparison to the ship? The rudder's how big? Compared to the ship, it's what? It's tiny, right? I mean, obviously, you'd have a bigger rudder for a bigger ship. I get that. But still, in comparison to the ship that it's steering, it's small, right? And yet, that small piece of equipment, that small part of that ship, steers that massive ship. Your tongue is steering you. It's steering your relationships. It's steering your opinions. It's steering your thoughts. It's steering your work. It's steering your, your, your uh, marriage. It's steering your kids. It's steering you concerning your kids. It's steering your physical body concerning healing. It's steering your finances. It's steering every part of your life. It is steering. Have you ever done this and you need to step back sometime and listen to yourself go, yuck, 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 and go, what am I saying? The Passion Translation says this, and at the same, or and the same, with mighty ships, though they are massive and driven by fierce winds, yet they are steered by a tiny rudder at the direction of the person at the helm. Somebody say this with me. I am at the helm. Nobody else is running you. You are running you. Well, you just don't know how domineering my boss is. You just don't know how domineering my spouse is. That doesn't mean they have to run you. Well, my kids just control everything. Well, if you're the parent, why in the world are your kids controlling everything? It's because you're being weak and not stepping into your place as a parent. Don't be insecure concerning raising your kids. Well, I don't want them to like me. That's not the most important thing in their life. See, you're being soul-driven, not love of God-driven. I'm not saying you have to be harsh, but I'm saying this. If you want to be liked by your kid more than you want to raise them the way God wants you to, then you're insecure. It's about you. You're being selfish. I'll put it to you like that. Just a little pre-parenting thing, you know, for the rest of Because people say, well... Why are you got to say that? Because people will come to me and go pray for my kids. It will do me no good to pray for your kids if you don't change how you operate. 
I could pray, God could come down and say, stop doing that. And if you keep doing it, they're going to keep turning out the way that you're leading. Amen. You've got to change the way you do things. And line it up with the word of God. Change your speech. A small rudder on a huge ship in the hands of a skilled captain sets a course in the face of the strongest winds. The mirror says it this way. Consider the effect of a small rudder on a large ship when the seasoned captain skillfully steers that vessel on a straight course contrary to fierce winds. So what do we see? We see from these scriptures here in James that we can quite literally talk our way out of anything. Have you ever met somebody and people say, yeah, that guy could talk himself out of anything? You can too. In the spirit, amen? The illustration of the ship and the rudder added another dimension, fierce winds. James pointed out that no matter how adverse the circumstances, if the rudder can be controlled by the pilot, the entire ship can be controlled. The point of the illustration is that if a believer can maintain control of his tongue, in adverse circumstances, he can maintain control over his entire being. We must see ourselves as the pilot with control over steering the rudder. We have to see ourselves that way. We cannot allow our circumstances in the world to dictate to us what we can or can't do concerning speech. We have to allow the Holy Spirit and the Word of God to dictate to us. Amen? Speech. Do you know we say quite frequently and we pray in this church that the glory of God and the manifest presence of God fills this place and you? How many have noticed the Spirit of God just keeps increasing in His presence in this place? There's a reason why. We speak it. Now, I realize there are things that we don't have control over. Like, I can speak life and repentance over somebody who's not repenting, but it's not going to make them do it. they got to decide to do it. I can influence them through prayer and different things like that. I'm not saying we have authority over individual wills outside of ourselves. There's some degree of influence that we have, but complete authority. I'm talking about you specifically in your own life. You can choose to say what you want. In the midst of terrible symptoms, you can actually say, by his stripes, I was healed. Now, let me ask you a question. If you say what Jesus said concerning your circumstance, and it's contrary to what you feel, are you lying? No. So don't get confused about that. I'm not telling you you have to go, you know, say you got, you know, uh, symptoms of a cold or whatever you got. You know, that seems to be a common theme these days. (laughs) Flu, whatever, all this stuff. How many know the world's going to hell? Don't follow, please. Thank you. All right. So (laughs) concerning those things, I'm not saying you have to go tell everybody you know, you go to the doctor. Let's say you go to the doctor. He says, well, you got, uh, uh, I don't know, strep throat. I'm giving you an illustration. I'm not declaring strep throat over you, okay? There's so much nonsense that goes on in the word of faith. I just, uh, anyway, okay. And I'm from the camp, all right? So that's just, it boggles my mind sometimes. 
Don't go to your, don't say to your doctor, in the name of Jesus, I do not have that, I rebuke you. Leave your doctor alone. If you, if you believe it for healing, why'd you, why, why include your doctor in abuse while you're, the doctor's just doing what he does or she does. You know, unless your doctor's spirit-filled and a word of faith person, if they are, let me know, I'm going to make them my doctor. So, anyway... Don't leave them alone. Just You don't have to tell them. You say, Lord, this is the diagnosis. I just thank you, Father. And you could say it to yourself. You said, by your stripes I was healed. I just believe your power is working in my body right now. People say, well, should I take the medication? Sure. Why not? Can you declare I'm healed while taking a pill? You can. And your body... Will, can line up to the point you can become so strong in this according to the word of God that you actually can control your whole body. You can actually change what the enemy's twisted in your body to go back to normal. Come on. God didn't create your body to fall apart. That's the result of sin. Now, I realize this, that we're going to receive glorified bodies one day. And I realize that as you get older, things change. I understand that. Do what you know to do in the natural, but keep speaking the word. You know, Brother Hagin, I'm done. Brother Hagen, I love you. We can pick up there. You, did you get something? I don't want to wear you out. We'll be back Wednesday, so different subject, but still. You know, Brother Hagen, I went to Rama, Kenneth E. Hagen, Kenneth Hagen Ministries. Graduated there. My wife graduated there. Mike graduated there. There's a lot of people in here that graduated from there. And Brother Hagen would talk about the things that he believed God through and different things like that. And he gets a bad rap. I mean, people that it's easy to judge something when you know nothing about it. You know what I mean by that? Do you know Brother Hagen, uh, the, one of the, I think it was two or three years before he, was, he went home to be with the Lord. <clears throat> I was in a meeting that he was in. Do you know he had like some 3,000 invitations that year to churches? In the United States. Do you know those churches were Baptist, Methodist, Lutheran, Presbyterian, Pentecostal? It didn't. He went everywhere. You know, we label things sometimes. We get ourselves into trouble. We really do. I've met Lutherans that know the Lord. Guys, look at me. I've <laughs> now, now wait, wait, wait. You need to know this. Former Lutheran pastor right there. <laughs> pastored in this city yeah maybe you still are are you still ordained through the Lutheran church are you still ordained through the Lutheran church or no yeah okay I know Baptists that know the Lord I, I, I shared at my grandfather's funeral at St. Luke's the Episcopal church and I shared, and the organ player was a Baptist guy, former Baptist guy, I guess. I don't know. I don't, I don't know if you have to change shirts or underwear. How do you switch denominations? Anyway, I have no idea. <laughs> you, can, you can tell I really care about this stuff, you know. Anyway. He, he came up to me afterwards, and I had been sharing a particular scripture just about my grandfather's life. And 
he said, what'd you quit for? You just got going good. That means me, a word of faith, Pentecostal, charismatic, whatever you want to say, roll on the floor, do backflips, whatever you think of me, I don't care. I'm excited about Jesus. I know that. And uh, I could stir up a Baptist. Why? Because the same spirit of resurrection in me lives in my brother, the Baptist brother. Baptist brother, whatever. The father, Father John, was the minister at that Episcopal church at that time. And I'm friends with him till today. I'm friends with him on Facebook, but he does missions work in Africa, and I think he's in his 80s. Do you know that that Father, that father John is baptized in the Holy Ghost, speaking in other tongues? He's an Episcopal. They lay hands on the sick and watch them recover. They cast out devils. He's a flying priest. And they do it all with the, you know, they have their robes and their collars and all their big crosses and big books and all that stuff. You know, how many have ever been to a Catholic church service or Episcopal, you know, and they do this with the big Bible? And then they have that big cross. And then if you're really in the service, a guy will come down the aisle and he'll swing and smoke everywhere. I'm like, what is going on? The last time I had smoking in a confined area was called hotboxing. And we were smoking weed. I'm real spiritual. <laughs> Listen, it's God's fault. He's the one that called me. So, <laughs> I said hotboxing and a few people went, ha <laughs> ha. God's word applied brings change. God's word applied and spoken, even if it's contrary to your circumstances, not a lie. Actually, if you continue to speak your circumstance, and what I mean by that, excuse me, what I mean by that is if you continue to own it as your reality, you just won't participate in this other side of grace. Amen? Now, I'm not saying you will not go to heaven. You will go to heaven. I, I'm going to be real honest with you. I think it's very, very hard to quote unquote lose your salvation. I don't think it's as easy as some people think. And I've gotten, I've gotten into, I've had some people get upset with me over this. I think it's a lot harder. Now, you can live carnal and shorten your life here and not experience certain portions of the kingdom that are yours. You know, like you, I talked about uh, other tongues, praying in other tongues. If you don't want that, that's not a condition for heaven, guys. People say, well, I just don't understand it. Well, study and look at it. Well, I'm not sure I want it. Well, then don't have it. It's not a conditional thing to heaven. You have to receive Jesus to make heaven. You have to make him your Lord and Savior. Outside of that, the rest of the blessings and graces are up to you. You know, we talk about biblical prosperity around here, and there's a, I mean, I, people sometimes get upset with me over that. Well, you, you, you just, you're just a money-hungry, grubbing, grabbing. No, 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 no. You're, you're missing whole portions of Scripture that are available to you that could increase some of the, some of the greediest people I know are the brokest, and they go together. You say, what do you mean? They're greedy and they're broke. They go together. You've got to be generous. 
to those around you and to the kingdom of God if you want to be blessed. If you want the blessing to flow. The sad thing is, is you're already blessed. You're just not tapping it. And, and I've had people get up and say, well, well, I'm not giving then. Then don't give here, but give somewhere because it's going to affect you. You got to put it into practice, amen? So this week, put into practice speaking. Put into practice speaking. Practice saying what God says. Just do it on purpose. You don't even have to have like some sort of, uh, uh, you know, divine visitation from an angel. Just, just say what he said. If, if anything, you could go around this week saying, God so loved me that he gave his son for me. You could just say that all week. And it'll be a blessing to you. The revelation will get stronger and stronger in you. Now, here's something that many of us need to say. I'm strong in the Lord. And in the power of... Because there's a whole lot of weakness going around. I'm strong in the Lord. Notice it doesn't say strong in myself. Strong in the Lord, which says to me what? That His divine supernatural power is working in my physical being. Amen. Amen. So speak. You're steering. It's, it's a bit in the horse's mouth. It's a rudder for your ship. You're directing. When you're speaking, think, what direction am I, am I going right now? When you're frustrated, you run into a frustrating situation this week, think to yourself, what direction am I going right now? Where am I being led right now? Where is my ship headed for rocks? Amen? Thank you for taking the time to listen today. If you would like more information about Faith Family Church, including service times and location, visit faithfamilybillings.com.